You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. Do us a favor if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do so wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today. Hit subscribe and put on the auto download. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for the great chat. By the way, on Sunday night after the game, but also do us a favor, subscribe and hit the notifications bell there so that you can keep track and know whenever we have a new video up. Mo, the defense, um, I thought, man, they really set a nice tone to start this game against the Chargers. John Jenkins at, at the beginning all over the place. Malcolm Kuntz, a guy you've talked a lot about over this last several weeks, really seems to have found kind of his game they they couldn't finish a lot. You know, we had some issues. Max Crosby, of course, with two sacks uh, and and did what Max Crosby does every game. But with the rest, that interior line, we needed to see more out of them against this Chargers team who didn't, frankly, have their best running back, Austin Eckler, out for the third week in a row, missing their starting center. Doesn't matter. You play who's in front of you. The Raiders front there, I saw a little more out of them. Uh, they need to finish. As I said, there were f- maybe four close plays where there should have been sacks. Malcolm Kuntz one time uh, went in and um, and had Justin Herbert, but didn't wrap him up. A couple times, actually, not just Kuntz, but also D- Divine Diablo, who had a nice game at linebacker. But I, I started to see a little bit of spark there. Again, nothing to write home about or to write a story about, but it seems as though there was a little more energy a little more go get them in that defensive front, especially on the interior. Yeah, big shout out to Malcolm Kuntz. I said 
in the last show that one of the three things that I wanted to see more of, what does Mo want to see more of? And then sports, not column in that, that I wrote last week was Malcolm Kuntz, you know, getting more snaps as I, I know Ty Wilson, not making much of an impact, but I thought Malcolm Kuntz started to come along. He was on, he was, he had the cover photo on that story. And I felt like he is still developing into a, a decent pass rusher opposite Max Crosby. So he stood out to me. Definitely. You mentioned um, John Jenkins, John Jenkins, you mentioned a lot of guys up front. It was good to see Nesta J. Severo, although he only had one tackle, finally get on the field because he didn't yeah. play a snap you know, until that point against the Chargers game in the Chargers game. So I, I think with the defense, and I said this early in the offseason, I said the Raiders defense, I have a feeling the front seven specifically is going to come along in the second half of the season. Once the rookies get their mm-hmm. feet under them, once the new guys get, you know, get used to and familiar with Pat- Patrick Graham's system, I felt like the defense, specifically the front of it, would start to come along and show signs of, of life. Now, I didn't anticipate Chandler Jones being released, but, you know, for, for what's going on with that defensive line, I, I think Malcolm Kuntz coming along is a big part of the improvement that could happen for that for that group going forward because you'd need to put pressure on the passer and the Raiders up until, you know, they had some moments. And Justin Herbert didn't have a great day. As you mentioned early in the show, career low in passing yards and, and threw a pick. So, you know, there's some progress there. Trayvon Merrick had an interception that he would usually drop. So there's there are some grains that there's some grains of hope there. But, you know, continuity and you have to start a little early. I will say early in the game, that defense was getting gashed early with some big plays and they yes. finally got it together. Yeah, they were giving up that, especially that first charger drive. I think through the first yep. two drives, yep. they were giving up an average of nine yards per play. You can't win in the NFL giving up nine yards per play. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of battened down the hatches and got better there. Defensive backs, of course, they were without Nate Hobbs and it showed. Uh, we saw Ja'Korian Bennett struggle again in this one. I'm not giving up on the kid, but man, he he had some some rough moments. Uh, Marcus Peters, the Wiley veteran over there too. I forgot, as I told you before we went on the air, I forgot how poorly Marcus Peters tackles. It's all arm tackles. <laughs> and boy, the, the, the Chargers, I got to look up the stat maybe before the next show. The amount of yards after the catch yesterday or after the first hit was terrible. And this is where I go back to the fundamentals and coaching on both sides of the ball, which is if you're not tackling correctly, and you see it a lot in football, even college football. Um, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish are probably the worst tackling team in the country on defense. But if you look at that in the NFL, and you look at the, the Raiders yesterday, there were so many times the Chargers got the ball. You cannot arm tackle Justin Herbert in the backfield. He's a big dude. Like It's not, it's not like you're trying to tackle uh, Baker Mayfield, okay? You're not going to bring him down by throwing him down by his, his his shoulder pads. He's too big of a guy. We saw that. We saw it in the defensive backfield. We saw receivers. We saw uh, running backs that and, and the Raiders' defense trying to tackle them up high. And this is what we're talking about when we talk about those fundamentals and discipline. Um, and so, so, yes, I agree with you. Defensive front, good to see a little spark. If they continue along this line, it'd be great to see uh, what they can do to help this team although if you can't score you're not going to win many games so we'll see what else did you see on this defense beside Coons? i thought divine diablo again progressing is he all the way there yet no but he's made some nice plays uh and and almost had a sack uh, he kind of bumped chests with justin herbert who then escaped but um very interesting stuff there the the linebacker unit uh, you see its deficiencies when and when it's when it's overmatched but uh, but overall, I think, I mean, look, remember, they kept the Chargers scoreless in the second half, Mo. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, let's let's not forget that they shut out the charges in the second half of that football game. So there is some progress there. Now, I know he gave up the last play in the game, which is kind of controversial because there was a push off, in my opinion. But I won't cry about ref calls. Mm-hmm. But I think Ja'Cory and Bennett had a pretty decent outing. I had to look at the you know the, half. the game the, the game film again, I, but I felt like again as the game went on, he played a lot better. Now people are gonna say, yeah, he gave up that last play to Joshua Palmer, but based on the way things were called, again, I'm not crying about referees, but there were some inconsistencies. Sure, if you remember, Jacoby Myers was called for pass interference. He basically just extended his arm, got called for that. Keenan Allen threw down a Meek Robertson, didn't get called for that. You saw the you saw the push off with Joshua Palmer on Jacorian Ben on that last play, and that wasn't called. I don't have a problem with ref calls that they're consistent. If you're not gonna call ticky tack calls, don't call ticky tack calls. But to call a ticky tack call on Jacoby Myers and not call it late in the game, questionable. <laughs> but I will say that outside of that big play, you know, I, I think Jacorian Bennett is starting to come along. I, I'll give him some, you know, some people may want to bench him because he was awful in coverage in the first two to three weeks, but first two weeks. But I, I think he's starting to see the light bulb was starting to come on, go on for him. And I think he's going to be a solid starter by the end of the year. I do too. I mean, look, you don't expect a rookie coming out there, uh, especially where he's drafted and, and just light it up right away. He's going to have some adjustment. I mean, you're four games yeah. in. Right. And there were a couple of times he didn't have the help. He was supposed to have help over there, too. So so you understand that. And and like I said, I, I'm not giving up on the guy. I think he's going to be a very good cornerback in this league. It's just going to take a little bit of time for him to develop. Um, by the way, you talked about the inconsistencies with the call and Jacoby Myers. Absolutely. hundred percent. Correct. And this is where the NFL. They don't care to do anything about officiating inconsistencies. They really don't. I mean, you look at I don't Mo. I'm sure you watch since you're in New York. You watch the Jets Chiefs game on Sunday night. Holy moly, that last big scramble by uh, Patrick Mahomes, literally three offensive linemen for more than four or five seconds were absolutely hugging and holding the defensive line of the Jets, which is why he was able to run so free. And then the pass interference call, which, of course, Robert Sala went nuts a couple times. He got a penalty towards the end of the game when it was pretty much over. uh, That was uh, called on the Jets as well. And, and it's hard. Look, I'm not into all these people who want to tell me that the actual NFL is scripted like WWE or anything like that. But mm-hmm. when you see that, you start to think, boy, yeah, they want Patrick Mahomes to do well. Or boy, they want Justin Herbert to do well. Now, I don't know that this is an intentional. I'm just saying that it leaves open the question because of the plays like Jacoby Myers, because later in the game, there were two calls on the Raiders that were very, very similar. It's like, hey, if you're going to let the guys play, cool. Let them be aggressive. Let them hand check a little bit, even though it's supposed to be illegal. But if it's going back and forth, okay, you got it. No problem. But there's the inconsistencies, as you mentioned, and that just completely degrades, I think, fans' enjoyment and their trust in the system. Yeah, I'm not going full-blown tinfoil hat conspiracy level that they want certain players to win games or whatnot. My my issue is, as you said, the inconsistencies. If you're going to... If you're gonna call it tight and you're gonna call all the ticky tack calls, call it on both sides. Yeah. Don't but I, not call one ticky tack call here and then call it there. Be be consistent throughout the entire football game. Yes. But the Raiders, now that was a big play to Jacoby Myers, but that's not why they lost. I don't no. care if it was the worst call in the history of mankind, <laughs> still not why they lost. Again, no. defense holds the Chargers scoreless in the second half. This is guy, Justin Herbert who was 40 of 47, almost 400 yards, 
the week before. So your defense did what they could do to help keep you in the game. That's why you saw Max Crosby on the sideline dejected. That that shot of him, and I know it was only briefly because he came out <laughs> and played an amazing game after that, but you saw his face. Incredible there. So the Raiders have, I think, to me, not, yes, you need more talent on the field, Mo, but they got organizational issues. This is an organizational issue, which is how you started off the show talking about it. And as we then now move into talking about next week's game, of course, which is a Monday night game, uh, we'll get more into the matchup and what's happening with this roster over the next couple of days. But organizationally, there needs to be some conversations. There needs to be some level setting unless they already have it and we're just dumb to what's going on. They need to get better at all levels and they need to, uh, I think, impart on the roster the urgency. Josh Jacobs after the game said, I'm effing tired of losing four <laughs> or five plays a game and it changes the game. I'm just tired of every game having four or five plays where I have to say the same thing every time. He's tired of it. Devontae Adams is tired of it. The question is, is the coach, is he giving them the opportunity to improve? And if somebody's not, then don't play them. Look, you're one and three. Things are going downhill fast. I think the Raiders need to learn a lot about their coach, and they need to learn a lot about some of those guys on the roster if they're the right people, because you got to start making decisions. Even though we're a quarter through the season, you got to start thinking about the future here, and it's coming really quick on you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's sad to say, but I said this during the offseason. I think not that the Reds didn't prioritize winning, but the way Mark Davis, some of his quotes preached about patience and development, it seems like the Raiders felt like, okay, we're not a playoff contender this year, so we're just going to be focused on roster development anyway. Not that the wins don't matter, but if we don't win, we don't win as long as we get progress out of the young players that we have. And the problem is... The young players that they have aren't being – we talked about it endlessly on this show. The young players yes. that they have aren't being utilized. So you can't nope. even check off the box of development because where's Trey Tucker been? Where's Michael Mayer been? That's, as I said, Nessa J. Severa, in my opinion, should have been on the field weeks ago. Finally got on the field against the Chargers. You know, so it, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say, Scott, other than <laughs> if, we're, if we're saying the same things we said last year. Same exactly. You know. We have to figure out who's who belongs. We have to figure out who, you know, who's gonna, you know, hold down the fort and, and play hard even when the chips are down. Like we did all of that last year. We did all we went through that song and dance last year. It has to be better this year, and it hasn't been. And as I said, it starts up top, it starts with Mark Davis. I'm not saying he has to go out there and throw his head coach or anyone under the bus, but he has to say, look, we are going to make changes if this doesn't get better right away. And he has not said that. No. And you, you look at the situation and you just think, and I, and I feel worse for the fans, right? Because the fans are the ones who have to live through it. We cover it. We cover the rest of the league too in our roles um, besides the Raiders. So we see what other, other organizations doing. You talked about Houston. You see what's happening in Detroit. Um, you see other organizations, even like the Buccaneers, who lose the veteran quarterback, bring in a, a journeyman in Baker Mayfield, lots of questions, and, and they're three and one. 
I mean, yes, they're in a bad division, but they've played some solid teams so far. Three and one. Okay. So something is different. Something is not happening in Las Vegas in that building to turn the culture, to turn the the attitude uh, to to winning. And so um, they're going to have to make a decision. I, I don't know. I had Murph asked me last night, or excuse me, on Sunday night, if, you know, at what point is Mark Davis going to have enough? And I can't answer that question. To your point, Mo, about the way they couched the season coming into it made it seem like, well, you know what? It's going to be a rough season and we're just going to deal with it. So I don't know where it gets. Is it losing the locker room? Is it he gets embarrassed when they're one and five or whatever they end up being? I don't know what, the, what happens do, uh, with Green do, Bay. Go ahead. Do we need to have another Rams Raiders 52-0 beatdown for Mark Davis to get his attention? Does it have to be that bad for the rate for Mark Davis to finally like put his foot down and show some fire, some urgency, like something's got to give? Like what yeah. has to happen? How many close losses do the Raiders have to go through for Mark Davis to go? Yeah, maybe I hired the wrong guys to do the job. Well, again, I'll bring it up, and I know people are going to make fun of me and say it's just because I don't like watching uh, the product, but it's WNBA playoff season again, Mo. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> Remember last year. He's kind of, we talked about it on this show. He's kind of checked out. Then he came back and they had the locker room conversations. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I, it's his team. And he's certainly in charge. And, and I can't believe he was there watching the game as he does all of them. I cannot believe that he's happy with what's going on. Uh, and, and, and if Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are, Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We got it. Then he's not looking at the full picture and you have to look at the full picture here. All right. Well, there you go. Mo, it is now Tuesday. Let everybody know about what you got coming up with your Raiders Bleacher Report lives and what pieces they need to read from Mr. Moten. Bleacher Report live coming up Wednesday. We're going to spin it forward and talk Raiders Packers, uh, talk about you know some of the things that are going on with the roster, talk about what Josh McDaniels is not doing right, which is a very long list, by the way. And then on Sports Not, I'll leave that TBD. Uh, usually drop that piece Thursday. But... I, you know, I'll talk about it Thursday morning, whatever it is, because I like to do things at the spur of the moment. So, so you know, it might be some news during the week that I'll touch on, but we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. Absolutely. We will also be back here Thursday with a full show. I expect us to drop a silver and black blitz tomorrow on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that one as well. And we got some guests lined up for Thursday to talk about Packers. Of course, different week this week because we don't have a Sunday game. We have a Monday night game. And uh, but we'll get you prepared for that and get you run up to the Raiders versus the Packers. But we'll see what happens. All right, Mo. Well, hopefully we gave a little bit of therapy to Raider Nation out there. Um, I just like to see some progress. And and we've been very objective on the show as always. But things do not look good as far as leadership goes. We'll see if the guys on the field, Devontae Adams, amazing leader and continues to step forward, as is Josh Jacobs. So if you're a Raiders fan, the three guys, him, Jacobs, Max Crosby, have to make you feel better. At least uh, you can wake up each day knowing that those guys are wearing the silver and black. All right, Mo, I will talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good. All right. Uh, for our producer, Mike Robbie, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Regional Podcast. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and we certainly appreciate your support as always. Take care, Raider Nation, and we will talk to you again on Thursday.